Everywhere we go, everywhere we go, people wanna know, people wanna know who we are, who we are, so we tell them, so we tell them, we are the titans, we are the let bros, the mighty mighty let bros, mighty mighty let bros, <laughs> unique New York, unique New York, how now brown cow, how now brown how now, cow, brown cow, how now brown cow. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the week seven episode of the Let's Talk Fantasy Football podcast. I am here, and my name is TJ Lett. Here with me is a man known by the name of J.R. Lett. How are you doing tonight, J.R.? Hello, everybody. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, are you excited? Am I excited? I'm excited. Oh, well. Okay, I was trying Very to. Very good. Never mind. I was trying to switch it up from the word you said, but you said excited, so it's sort of spoiled. Uh, never mind. Um, so, here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna talk sports, we're gonna talk fantasy, and we're gonna talk ten pack, uh, because that's our fantasy football league has been for about three decades now, and uh, you know, let's just uh, let's get right into it, Tommy. What do you say? I would love to get right into it. Before we go into the Matchup specifically, I just want to touch on this week as a whole. So, this week was kind of interesting. We had a really, really good matchup between you and Scott, and well, actually the best matchup between you and Scott for the year so far, and then the worst matchup of the year so far between Brian and Louie. A lot of variance this week, and you know, it was pretty interesting overall. The average score for the week was 11,334 which is very much inflated by you and Dan, but that's right on average with the average score for the year because as of right now, the average weekly score on any given day or week or month is 11,360. So we talk a lot about, you know, what is the average score? What is a good score? What is a bad score? Do you think that that's a pretty good marker, that average score as to what you would consider is a bad or good week? Like anything below that is suboptimal. Anything higher than that is is good. Yeah, I I mean I I think for the most part for my team personally, I, you know I I try to hit that twelve thousand point mark. So to hear that the average is what was it eleven thousand three sixty three sixty. That's a little a little low. I mean if I'm finishing if I'm finishing with eleven thousand. You're at risk for a loss there, and you know you say that all the time. If you if you get a loss in the ten thousand, eleven thousand range, you can't really be that upset because you didn't do enough to secure a win. Once you get into that twelve thousand, thirteen thousand range, that's when you're really pretty sure to get a victory, unless you're Scott. Yeah, for me, I think that threshold is probably twelve thousand. Anything over twelve thousand, I consider a good week. Anything less than is is suboptimal for sure. Okay, let's let's stop with that because I want to jump right into let's guess. Actually, a surprise beginning of the episode. Let's All guess. All right. All right. Start off with some embarrassment. Very good. Like <laughs> Kicking it off. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you had to guess, Jack, who would you say are the top five quarterbacks this year in interceptions thrown? And that is, I mean, the most interceptions thrown for the year. So the top five. But the top five in the category, but the bottom five in our hearts. Correct. All right. Uh, man, 
interceptions. You're looking for the top five most interceptions thrown this season. Correct. Man. Um, this is a tough one, uh, and we maybe sh- shouldn't take too long on it, but... Yeah, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to just think of the obvious guys that can get out of the way. Um, well, I'm going to go with one guy that isn't obvious, but uh, since he threw five in one game, I'm thinking he'll probably be near the top of the list. Big Ben Roethlisberger? Correct. He is tied for third with eight interceptions with two other Dang. quarterbacks. Five of those being... He had five in one game, right? I'm, Correct. That's crazy. Um, all right, then I'll go... Um, Cam Newton. Cam Newton's been throwing a lot of interceptions this year. Cam Newton sits at number two with ten interceptions thrown for the year. Very good. Very good. Yeah, those are those are two. I mean, those are two guys that have been absolute studs in previous seasons. So it just goes to show that being on the top of the interception count, it's not the duds. A lot of the time, it's the studs who who just uh, are letting the ball get away from them. Right. Carson Palmer's not in there, is he? He is not in the top five. Oh, okay. Now let me let me give you a hint here. He's maybe the worst quarterback ever to win a Super Bowl. Oh, man. Uh, big bad Joe Flacco. There you go. Joe Flacco is tied with Ben Roethlisberger for eight. Yeah, I should have known that. Joe Flacco sucks. Uh, <laughs> the fact that anyone ever thought he was elite for a second uh, furious me. It's, it's, it's uh, laughable. Oh, I'll go with another guy that uh, is, I think he's better than Joe Flacco, but um, another guy who's like, considered good but isn't really good and this is a yes. guy that i had a i had a bad take on going into the season yes uh the red rocket andy dalton red rocket is tied with the other two with eight nice nice very cool very good i was high on him going into the season but uh he has he's looked bad i mean he he's looked he's looked bad he has not been good this year i don't know what else to say yeah he really has and number one i don't think you will guess so i'm just gonna say it sure it's Kaiser. Really? Oh, d- um, uh, no, I wouldn't guess that because he hasn't, because even he hasn't played started every games. game. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> He's got 11 interceptions. Man, that's embarrassing because he has been pulled several times. What is going on in Cleveland there, man? I, it's like, you're so bad. Just, I don't know. For me, it's like, if you're that bad, just stick to one quarterback and at least let him get some experience. Like, why, why are you pulling? Why are you continuing to pull this rookie for like random backups like i just it's so it's just so much dysfunction going on yeah that he's he's definitely going to get fired he's been terrible uh so and then the other i have one more let's guess we'll do this one quickly i want you to guess the top five running backs this year in receiving yards Mm. and these are actually i mean most of them make a whole lot of sense. So sure. why don't you real quick try and guess? I like that. I like this. Is a, this is a good one. This is a good one. Um, I know, I don't know if he's the top one, but I know he's he's got to be up there. Uh, Chris Thompson in, in Washington has been getting an unbelievable amount of, not just targets, but he's been getting a lot of yards after the catch. He's looked, he's looked good this year. They're using him a lot in the screen game, and it has been very, very good. He's, yeah. like you said... He's had some really long touchdowns. He is at the top with 366 yards. Number one? Okay. Mm-hmm. Not, that's not surprising. All right. And then uh, another guy would be the bane of your existence uh, because you were a previous Isaiah Crowell owner. Duke Johnson, he's uh, catching running back. 
Absolutely. Yep. Duke Johnson is number three with 314 receiving yards. Mm. All right. I'm trying to think of catch-specific running backs before I start tossing out just the big guys. You are you are think you are forgetting one very catch-specific running back. This running back has 59 targets this year, wow. which is tw- 12 more than any other running back. Wow. Oh, um, Christian McCaffrey. There you go. There it is. Yeah. Yes. Christian McCaffrey's number two with 329 receiving yards. Nice. The last two are not catch-first running backs. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, Kareem Hunt? Kareem Hunt, yeah. Kareem Hunt is number five with 285. And just in front of him is... Lev Bell? No, Le'Veon Bell sits at 10th, 11th. Oh, wow. That's embarrassing. Another stud, though. One of the picks of the draft so far. Oh, uh, is it Gurley? It is Todd Gurley, correct. Todd Gurley, nice. Where's um another pass catch-specific back I just thought yeah. of was... Uh, I know exactly who you're going to say, and he is right after Kareem Hunt. Um, my Yeah, my boy, James. Mm-hmm. James White, White, absolutely. I uh, Before we move on from Let's Guess, I just wanted to... Yeah, well, you know, when I bring up James White... Just a topic that I'm super interested in and would love to get your take on. Who would you have out of the New England backfield moving forward this season? <laughs> you can uh, only have one guy rest a season. I mean, it's got to be James White just because he is the pass catching back. It's just... It, Deion Lewis has looked good, though. I mean, Deion I don't Lewis, know. Deion Lewis like, has looked good, and he yeah. would be he would be number two for me. I tell you, it wouldn't be Mike Gillisley. I can tell you that much. No, absolutely not. He's, uh, he's... I would say I would say James White because we are in half PPR. He does get a lot of catches, but James White has not is not really involved in the running game like like Deion Lewis is. Yeah. So, but it's a it's a toss up. But I, I give the edge to James White. Okay, we have wasted a lot of time here. Good conversation, but we got to get moving along. Let's start things off with the first matchup of the week. We're going to talk about Tommy versus Kyle. Kyle beats Tommy, which is me, by the way, with 11,292 to 9,512. Kyle moves, well, stays in first place with a record of 6-1, and one, and I stay in eighth place, actually, with a record of 3-4. and four. So we did not move in the standings, neither of us, but why don't you go ahead and kick this one off? What do you see? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I'll just, I'll talk about y- your side of the ball quickly here. Uh, you know, you put up 9,500 points, which obviously isn't uh, going to be enough to get you a victory most weeks. But, you know, you had some some decent performances. Taylor Gabriel really, uh, really didn't show up for you. And, uh, you know, you could say the same for Richard Matthews. But other than that, you know, everyone else was at least, they showed up and did their part as best as they could. I'll say I'll say one thing. Your your wide receivers obviously hurt you this week, but um, you got uh, in in order to bring your team to the next level, you got to start seeing some real consistent production out of both Kareem Hunt and Devontae Freeman. Those two guys are supposed to be your studs, and they've just been they've been good. I mean, they've been great, but they've only they've just been they've just been good, and especially Kareem Hunt, he's got to return to that to that former status he was at the first couple games of the season and then on your bench you know jordan reed having a huge performance that that's great for you moving forward and uh, hopefully Devonte park will be able to come back from injury but yeah you know just a poor performance from from mariota with only a 92 your wide receivers crabtree matthews and gabriel not doing enough so you know you had some weak spots but 
really overall i think it was just a, it was just a mediocre week not a terrible week and you can you can be positive moving forward yeah you know you say that but i i got to admit as each week passes i am becoming less and less confident in my team we're talking about 4 weeks in a row here now where i have not reached 11,000 points first 3 weeks was great i averaged over 13,000 through the first 3 weeks and you want to know why? Because Kareem Hunt and Devontae Freeman were both getting over 2,000 points. Yeah, I mean, but that's, I guess that's that's why I say you can be positive. I think, I still believe those two guys are absolute studs. And I think those are the caliber running backs that can carry a team. You've got your weak spots at wide receiver. And I think, I think Rashard Matthews, you know, I think Crabtree is going to be solid moving forward. I think Devontae Parker, when he comes back from injury, he might be able to have some rapport with, you know, Matt Moore, if Matt Moore ends up being the quarterback there. And I don't know. I just, I think you're you're being hard on yourself. I suppose. It's just, it's been a little frustrating. I mean, this this performance this week by Mariota was, was absolutely devastating. It just destroyed any chance I had of winning this week. I told Kyle before the matchup started, if Mariota can get it going and connect with Matthews, I think I'll win. If he can't, I don't think there's any way I can win. And that, that held up. That that turned out to be true. Now, it is a little bit just bad luck because I do want to mention that again this week, Mariota threw a pass to Matthews and he was tackled at the one-yard line. And so, and again, that's, a huge swing. That's, that's two weeks in a row where they've been just a yard or two away from scoring a touchdown between the two of them. So we're talking about boosting my team up 1,000 points. Another thing that happened was... Is the Falcons had the ball at like literally the one foot line on third and goal and they didn't give the ball to oh, Devontae what, Freeman that, that was... on either carry. And not only did fine, if they didn't give it to Devontae Freeman, you know, you're pissed. They didn't whatever. even run the ball. But no, they didn't even give it to Tevin Coleman either. They gave right. it to was it on third down or fourth down where they did it like an end around to Taylor they Gabriel? They did an end around to Taylor Gabriel on fourth like, and goal from the one foot line. Do you see the running backs you have? Like, why, why are you doing an end? It's Steve Sarkeesian. He's terrible. I don't know what's going on in Atlanta. What's going on in Atlanta? I mean, uh, they are missing Kyle Shanahan, and that is an understatement. Um, they really got to figure things out over there. Moving over to uh, Kyle's side of the ball. Yeah, can I take over? Yeah. I looked at this. Obviously, this is the, this is the matchup I looked at the most this week since I'm the one that I'm involved in it. Obviously, right away, the huge difference is his kicker and his defense. It's been crazily his the strongest part of his team consistently through this year. He gets 2,000 from Zerlane, or is it Zerloin? Which one is it, Jack? Okay, okay dude, Greg the Leg. We get it. I mispronounced it. Greg the Leg gets 2K. Jacksonville gets 3K. They shut out the Colts and get 10 sacks. I had a good week for my kicker and my defense. And I still got outscored by two thousand four hundred points between those two positions. Like, yeah, I mean that—that's the difference right there. The rest of Kyle's team, I mean, he, he had a great stream from Tyrod Taylor. I thought that was a great play. Let me read these point totals off for Kyle's three wide receivers: his wide receivers one through three, and his two running backs: two fifty, eight eighty, two ninety, four ninety, nine ten, and three ninety for his tight end. I mean, those are a abysmal performances so it's it's just it's crazy how much kyle has been able to ride the success of his kicker and defense you know no discredit to him a win's a win loss is a loss but 
you know, definitely some holes, some big holes in Kyle's team, and he's been saved by those two positions. So uh, right. I'd be I'd be worried if I were him moving forward. Kyle being six and one with the team that he has, with the points he's put up, is just it's simply a miracle, is what it is. It's just an absolute miracle. Yeah. Like you said, he's got a lot of holes in his team. The good news is he's six and one. He's definitely going to make the playoffs, so he's got time. He's easily, he's easily the worst six and one team I've ever seen. Absolutely, and that's in in my twelve plus years of fantasy football. Not trying to like crap on his team or anything. It just yeah his his I mean Gordon is usually a lot better. Obviously, I'm not worried about Melvin Gordon. It just yeah you are worried. He's he's got no wide receivers. Maybe his best wide receiver is Will Fuller, who's coming off of a bye. I, not, I don't know. Not maybe, definitely, definitely. Like he has no wide receivers. Like Randall Cobb, especially now getting receiving passes from Brent Hundley, Robert Woods, you know, receiving passes from Jared Goff. But that those wide receivers have just been so inconsistent, including Sammy Watkins. And then Cole Beasley has not put up numbers this year. Um, right. And T.Y. Hilton catching passes from Jacoby Brissett just. Just a bunch of weak spots at wide receivers. So um, definitely, definitely, like you said, he's already made the playoffs most likely. So lucky for him, he can start making some moves and hopefully build up a, a more solid team for a playoff run. Should we move on to the next matchup? Yeah, real quick, I did just want to talk about Kareem Hunt before we moved on because I, I wrote down some stats from him because I mentioned I was extremely disappointed with his performance on Thursday night, even though he gets 1370, because I think he's being way underutilized by Andy Reid for some reason. Kareem Hunt, who we just talked about, is fifth in receiving yards. He's 17th in targets amongst running backs. Wow. He's averaging 11.4 yards every catch. And he's only getting three I thought and a half. He had more targets only, than that. He's only getting three and a half targets a game. Same with, he's, he's first... That's surprising to me. I thought they were using him more in the passing game. They're yeah, exactly. They're not, and they should be. And he's first by a good amount in rushing yards, but he's actually seventh in carries. Yeah, they just gotta use him more. I don't know why Andy Reid is hesitant to, to, to utilize him like like the studs get utilized. For instance, Kareem Hunt has forty five less carries than Le'Veon Bell and still has 33 more rushing yards than him. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, so it, it just I'm just frustrated by his usage. I hope that he gets used more and in more advantageous situations so that he can start scoring like a beast again. Anyway, let's move on to the second matchup, which is going to be the matchup of the week. Scott versus Jack. Jack takes down Scott with a score of 15,762 to Scott's 14,328. Scott becomes the first team this year to lose with over 14,000 points. Anna just missed that mark. I think it was week four, maybe, where she got 13,900. This is two weeks in a row. Scott has deserved to win and lost. So his team falls to four and three, stays in second place. You go up to four and three. You skyrocket all the way into third place. I think you were in eighth place. At the yes, start of the week. you are correct. Actually, I... Yeah, so I misspoke earlier when I said my standings did not move at all. I went from seventh to eighth. Anyway, this was the ma- this was the matchup of the year. This matchup was insane, and it's crazy that Scott lost. I like was looking at this matchup, trying to make notes, and I like d- I didn't know what to talk about. It just yeah, I mean, the just only two... the 
powerful only performances. Disapp- yeah, the only disappointment of all your players, I think, is is just John Brown. Had a very disappointing week for Scott with 110 points. Everyone else yeah. on his team, just solid. I mean, he gets a great week from Boswell, 2100. You both get good performances from your defenses, 1750 for Tennessee, 1900 for Carolina. Scott had a great week and deserved to win, but your team was just otherworldly this week. I mean, and what 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 can you what more can we say about Zachers? He puts up another 1740. 89 receiving yards and a touchdown. The man is unstoppable and just he and just far and Wentz, away the best tight end this season. Yeah, and he and Wentz are just on another level together. Carson Wentz outside of this outside of this matchup, Carson Wentz just looks good. Yeah, yeah, we will touch on him later. Captain Kirk gets another 2500 for you. He has just been awesome. You get a great performance from Doug Baldwin and Mark Ingram. They both put up 1900-ish. I'll tell you what, I'm I'm excited about Mark Ingram moving forward. He's put up two very solid weeks these past couple weeks, and I don't see any reason for it to slow down. He's got Chicago, he's got Tampa Bay, you know, a tough defense in Buffalo, but then against the Redskins, against the Rams. So I just, I'm really, Mark Ingram's just, you know, RB1, plug him in every single week, uh, super reliable guy. It's interesting to me because he's had two amazing weeks directly after Adrian Peterson gets traded. I It's... I don't really understand why, because... It's not like AP was getting carries. Right. He was literally getting like five touches a game, Adrian Peterson was. And so... Could be mental, though. Yeah. Maybe it's just... I mean, he got... It could also be... I'm not saying you shouldn't be excited about Mark Ingram moving forward, but he got 25 and 22 touches, which are, by and large, the most amount of touches he's got for the year. So I don't know if that will continue. Maybe it will. It'll obviously also depend on what kind of game yeah i mean it was it was game script in both games no denying that i'm just saying i think he'll be absolutely solid moving forward for sure i i do have to point out to you you know this is two weeks in a row now that you have predicted me to lose and i've won both weeks i yeah and that's kudos when are you to gonna you? start believing in my team i and i think i mentioned this when i made the prediction that it wasn't me not believing in your team if what, just because you, you thought Scott you was going to score 14,000? Yes, if you would I... have told me after the week was over, Scott scored 14,328, I would have said, oh, that sucks. How many points did you score in the loss? <laughs> Fair <laughs> you know enough. what I mean? Fair enough. Um, yeah, obviously John Brown was the biggest disappointment in the matchup. Um, also disappointed with Chris Hogan's performance. You know, Scott was, I'm sure. Uh, but, you know, four receptions, 71 yards, that's okay for Chris Hogan. I still think he's a good option moving forward. You know, and obviously Lev Bell with 20, 2070 and Matt Forte with 1070. Two sell. I, I think Matt Forte will continue being a solid option for Scott if Leonard Fournette remains injured um, or if he needs a, a flex position. I think Fournette will be okay. They have a bye week next week, and I'm sure he'll be fine after that. I think that was specifically why they sat him out this week was because he had the bye next week to just get, like, totally healthy to make the, you know, to come back after yeah. the bye week. Yeah. You got extremely lucky that Fournette did not play, especially with how that game went in Indianapolis. 27 yeah. to nothing. I mean, Fournette would have gone off. Now, you, you had a comfortable margin of victory, 1,400. So it's not, even if he did go off, he may not, Scott may not have beaten you still, but certainly you have to count yourself lucky that you don't have to face Fournette uh, in this matchup. Yeah, and uh, both of us had solid performances in our bench. Kenny Stills with 23.50 for Scott, caught two touchdowns, 85 yards. And then Aaron Jones with 21.30 on my bench, 
three receptions and 131 rushing yards. So, you know, both of our teams are solid and two solid performances. Tough to see Scott lose. I'll say another disappointment on my side for me, Pierre Garçon. You know, he just hasn't been finding the end zone. He's been seeing the targets, getting a handful of receptions, but zero touchdowns so far this season. I'm really going to need to see some touchdowns from him if I want him to be that plug-and-play wide receiver two or three for me. I mean, I think you can, you're going to play Pierre Garçon every week just because of the volume of targets he gets when you're getting at least 7, 12, 11, 8, 10, 5, and 10. So with that kind of volume, it's going to be hard to not play him. Yeah. Touchdowns should come at some point, you would hope. I would, For me, the biggest disappointment for your team so far has got to be Joe Mixon. He's been okay, I guess. He's yeah, but he I hasn't mean, been what people thought he was going to be. No, and it's it's. I'm really hoping he explodes against Indianapolis next week. This would be the week to do it for sure. I just, I really just think it's because Andy Dalton's been so bad. I mean, they just their offense has not been good, and I think it's it's one of those things where people talk so much crap about the Giants' offensive line. You don't hear that about Cincinnati's offensive line. So I, I don't think. You know, it's an O-line issue. Obviously, they have the talent with A.J. Green and the talent with Joe Mixon. Um, so you got to, I don't know, you got to put the blame on Andy Dalton, I think. Yeah. Honestly, I would put the blame on the head coach. Their head coach is awful. He's been awful for years, and somehow he still has the job because the owner is cheap as shit. So wow, I blame the, I blame the coach more than anything. That was a, that was a like very to-the-point, clear takedown. Very well done. <laughs> So let's let's wrap this matchup up. You and Scott both have great weeks. Now I don't want to. I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers, but statistically, so far this year, you and Scott have the two best teams, and it's not even really that close. Scott is scoring <laughs> thirteen thousand five hundred and eighty-four points per week. That is Scott's weekly average. He has six out of the seven weeks this year where he has scored over thirteen thousand points. Wow. You. I was I was surprised to see that your 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 total was this high. You're averaging twelve thousand eight hundred and thirty seven points per week. So just Amen. a shade under thirteen thousand. No one else. Anna has the third most points per game at eleven thousand six hundred and seventy four. Wow. So the margin between you and Scott right now and everyone else is very high. So you're both well, hey. sitting at four and three. You're both looking great. Tough loss for Scott. Great win for you. Both of your teams are fine moving forward, and that's all I'll say. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> okay, uh, speaking of Anna, let's go to her matchup versus Dan. Anna puts up another solid week. However, Dan takes her down with 15,932 to her 11,734. Yeah, you mind if I uh, take the lead here on this one? Yeah, I was just going to say, Dan, I believe that is the Second highest scoring week of the year, just a shade under Scott's uh, score of 15,960 a few weeks ago. But yeah, go ahead and take this one away, sir. Just an absolutely massive uh, performance from Dan's team with his kicker, Adam Vinatieri, getting zero points. So, yeah, (laughs) you know, that just says a lot about Dan's team. And all you got to understand to learn about Dan's week is uh, you just got to look at three players. Carson Wentz, his quarterback, the leader of his team, putting up 3,200 points, looking just fantastic with four pass touchdowns, 268 yards, and 63 rushing yards against the Redskins on Monday night. Just an absolutely stellar performance. 
And then his two running backs, LaShawn McCoy and Ezekiel Elliott, putting up 2470 and 4,040 points, respectively. Zeke the Freak with just, I mean, Dan changed his team name to Zeke's Freak Week, so that, that says it pretty much in a nutshell. Evan Ingram is tight end with a solid 1,500-point performance. I think he's a great tight end option moving forward this season. And then Alvin Kamara, even with Mark Ingram's success, Kamara putting up 1,320 in with five receptions and, and 50 receiving yards. Dan's weaknesses were at wide receiver, none of them breaking 1,000, but he didn't need to. He put up the second highest scoring week of the year, and, you know, he didn't he didn't need it to be solid all the way around. He just he just had his success where it was due. And then looking at Dan's bench also, he left uh, you know almost 3300 points on the bench in running backs alone with Chris Thompson getting 1562 and Latavius Murray actually showing up with 1730, which makes things a little shaky with Jericho McKinnon in the Minnesota backfield. Do you have any thoughts on Dan's performance this week? I mean, it was just crazy coming from a 1 and 5 team and even looking at his team, I just I don't see how he can't be at least a little hopeful moving forward that he can make a run to get into the playoffs. Here's what I'll say about Dan's team. What a difference two weeks can make. This guy was sitting at 0-5, and and he... I mean, I still had hope for him, but now things are actually looking, like, really good for him. Carson Wentz, like you said, has been absolutely amazing this year. He picks him up off waivers. I would be very surprised if Dan just doesn't use him as his quarterback for the rest of the year because Matthew Stafford was just absolute trash the first six weeks. So I think that will be really strong for Dan moving forward. Dan's chances at making a playoff run, I think, will potentially hinge on what happens with Ezekiel Elliott. I like his chances a whole lot more. Obviously, if Elliott plays the rest of the year, it gets a little murky if he's he's so he's for sure going to play next week. After that, it's definitely uncertain. So we'll see what happens with that moving forward. But based off Dan's last two weeks, I'm absolutely loving his team. Like you talked about, McCoy and Elliott finally give him the week. I mean, this is this is just absurd getting 6,500 between the two of them, but up until this point, they hadn't really produced how you would want your first two draft picks to produce. They've been good, but not great, like you talked about with Kareem Hunt and Devontae Freeman for me. But yeah, Ingram has been great, like you mentioned, with all the receivers getting injured for the year. He's been Eli Manning's go-to guy. I think that will stay the same. Pittsburgh's defense has been solid all year long. I think that's just someone he can play really against any team. They've now had really good weeks against some really good teams. So I like Dan's team moving forward. And... I see no reason why he can't make a playoff push. He's sitting at 2-5 and five after the win this week. Just a game, just one game out of the playoffs right now. I sit at 3-4, and four holding the last playoff spot. So, And with these last two huge weeks for Dan, he's, his point total has skyrocketed. And so he's actually got that tiebreaker over a lot of teams now. I do want to talk about Anna's team as well, obviously, because... She puts up another solid week, and as I mentioned, she's actually got the third highest average score per week, just only behind you and Scott. So I think Anna's going to be fine moving forward. She gets great weeks from Drew Brees, Julio Jones, and Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley back to his old self, Drew Brees is his normal self, and Julio Jones finally gets a touchdown. We talked about it, I believe, last week about how he hadn't gotten a touchdown all year. Jack, did you happen to see Julio Jones' touchdown catch? I saw it, passed out, 
reround the TV and saw it again and proceeded to cry because Julio Jones is, I mean, this is why we were talking about how crazy it was that he hadn't scored a touchdown this season. Julio Jones just jumped up and said, nope, that's mine, sir. He just, <laughs> thank you very much. I will take this he now. Just, he just took it from the cornerback, said, nope, nice try. I let you have it for a second, but this is mine now. Uh, Julio Jones is, has been, and will continue to be one of the most talented wide receivers in the entire NFL, finally showing up for Anna, um, alongside a, a solid performance from Deshaun Jackson, Drew Brees, her quarterback, uh, with, you know, 2,100 points, and then her main man, Todd Gurley, showing up with 2,300. I, I will say that, uh, you know, C.J. Anderson only getting 660 for Anna, this is it's getting to the point where you know you start to you start to maybe have questions about CJ Anderson moving forward. What are your thoughts there? I literally have written down on my sheet of paper that CJ Anderson is becoming hard to trust. Yeah. Now, I that's not a knack against CJ Anderson. It's more so I think the Broncos are becoming hard to trust. Yeah. His splits are are crazy. So they're 3 and 3 now in their 3 wins. CJ Anderson has 20 carries or more. 20, 20, and 25. In their three losses, C.J. Anderson has 8, 9, and 10 carries. It seems like the formula for success is getting C.J. Anderson the ball. And they haven't been doing that consistently. So he himself is not becoming hard to trust, but the situation he is in is becoming hard to trust. You know what, though? I think that might be a result less of Broncos trying to be fancy, more of defenses saying, Trevor Simeon, we'd rather have you throw in than C.J. Anderson running. So I think teams are packing the box against Denver and making Trevor Simeon throw a little bit. And you've seen, I mean, those count totals in their wins, or those those carry totals in their wins and losses, those are also their first three games in their latter three games, right? So Almost. They, no? Okay. Almost, almost. The, la- the last two, so they had two wins, a loss, a win, and two losses. Okay. So the three of their yeah. first four games are the 20 so games. I'm just saying, you know, I think I think you're exactly right. I think the C.J. Anderson issue is a bigger Denver offense issue. Um, but, you know, we'll see moving forward, but definitely, definitely difficult to to assess how that will be look moving forward. And then another weak spot on Anna's side is uh, her wide receiver three, Jerron Brown. She had to plug him in this week, and obviously with Carson Palmer going down with a bad injury, he will not be a viable option moving forward, which is a little tough for Anna because she's got Golden Tate with an injury and also on bye next week. No, so you're looking at this week. Golden Tate is not on a bye next week, but he still might not be back from injury. Oh, Cooper yes, Cup, sorry, my apologies. Cooper Cup is actually on bye. Yes, okay, my apologies. Golden Tate is was on a bye this week, but he is still injured, and it's it's not looking like he'll be back next week, last I heard. Yeah, um, I don't think he's going to be coming back next week. But I Cooper Cup, the- even though he had a solid week this week with 13-10, he will be on bye. So. But overall, like you said, Anna put up a solid performance with 11,734, so definitely can be optimistic moving forward. Just went up against a juggernaut of Dan this week and uh, had a few a few disappointments, but... Yeah, there's nothing you can do if you're Anna. You had a, you put up a solid week. With the way this week went, she would have beaten, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six other teams. So it's just sometimes who you play, and she played the wrong person this week. 
I know she's fine losing to Dan. We're, we've all been rooting for Dan to, to turn his season around. So, yeah, one one last thing I wanted to say about Julio Jones was I, I agree with you. I think he's probably the most talented wide receiver in the league as far as, like, if you think about his height and his speed and his quickness and his hands, he's yeah. got it all. And I, I, there's maybe two or three other guys in the league that would have made that catch. That was a, a terrible throw by Matt Ryan. Malcolm Butler had the interception, and like you said, he just jumps over him and is like, excuse me, sir, I'm going to take this ball from you now, and this is my touchdown. Odell makes that catch. Maybe A.J. Green. Maybe A.J. Green. Antonio Brown isn't tall enough. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, yeah, I I totally agree, and I think I've always loved Julio Jones. I just think he's stellar. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, Disappointing week from the Garrett Blunt, but Washington does have a good run defense. I expect a big bounce back week from him against San Francisco next week. So I really, I really don't think she has to make any changes uh, there yet. If this, if his poor performance were to continue, then maybe, but I like a bounce back week from him. But yeah, no concerns really for Anna's team moving forward. Again, she puts up a solid week. Unfortunately, she faced the wrong opponent. She drops to four and three. She's still sitting in fourth place. She's looking good. And uh, yeah, anything else before we go to the next matchup? No, uh, but before we get to the next matchup, let's take a matchup halftime break here. And uh, can I hit you with a let's guess? Absolutely, you can. All right. So, Tommy, uh, I've got a question for you, and I'm looking for the top five players. Okie doke, my friend. I would love to We're talking about wide receivers wide receivers yes, sir yes sir i'm looking for the top five wide receivers in terms of fantasy points scored in the last four weeks looking for some recency here <laughs> interesting uh, okay this is uh looking for some recency here so you know guys that maybe aren't necessarily at the top on the season um but you know we're seven weeks in now what are your what are your guesses here okay so the top five in the last four weeks you're saying Mm-hmm. That's what we're going with. Okay, so right away, first guess, Antonio Brown. You are correct. He is number one with 6,698 in the last four weeks. Okay. Um, another one that comes to mind would be Yopkins, DeAndre Hopkins. Even though DeAndre Hopkins, week. yes, even with the bye week, he is fourth with 5,580. Because he had two massive games in a row, if I'm remembering correctly. I really asked this question for the the number two and number three wide receivers because they're guys that you wouldn't necessarily put uh, in the top five. Um, at least guys I was surprised when I was looking at it to see that they were in the top five uh, for the last four weeks. Guys with talent, uh, big names, but guys that you know didn't didn't have huge first three week performances. Okay, I want to guess. Tyreek Hill, just because he just had a big week. Yes, Tyreek Hill is number five, tied, or not not tied, not tied, but just below DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, so he wasn't the, obviously not one of no. the two guys you were just talking about. Mm-mm. Um, no, even though Amari Cooper just got 3,800, it's not him, is it? No, it's not, it's not. <laughs> That's Amazing. incredible. Amazingly. That's yeah. incredible. Um, Can I, I'll just... Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah. Please give me some hints, because. Dad, I mean, look at uh, look at Dad's team. Look at Dad's team. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so, Mike Evans then. 
Yeah. Yes, Mike Evans is number two with fifty-seven ninety in the last four weeks. Sweet. Um, yeah, because I knew it wasn't wasn't Demarius Thomas or AJ Green. Is the fifth guy also on Dad's team? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Jarvis Landry, really? Jarvis Landry is the third highest scoring wide receiver in the last four weeks. Mm, that that, that blew blows my mind. My mind. <laughs> yeah, that blew Nin- my mind. That's sort of why I chose this let's guess. I couldn't believe that. 1944, 1620, 1402 in the last three. Yeah, he's yeah. been quietly really great. So um, Jar- Jarvis Landry, look at these targets for Jarvis Landry. 15-11-7-10-14-11. Yeah, he's been getting looks. All right, that was a you know sort of funky one, tough one. So I'll give you a a bit of a uh, easy one here. Not necessarily okay. easy, but straightforward. Super um, easy, okay. I like it. You know, defense. We were talking about how impactful uh, defense has been for Kyle's team, and just you know, as a whole, defense can be huge. It can be a weak winner or a weak loser. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for the top five defensive scoring teams this year. Just fantasy wise. Yeah. Top five defenses. I know for sure that Jacksonville is number one. Yes, Jacksonville has been far and away the best defense this year with 15,550 points scored this year. They got 33 yeah. sacks on the season, um, just putting up huge numbers. That's crazy. I, and I know for sure that the Rams are number two, actually. Yes, the Rams are number two with 12,800. That sort of surprised me, honestly. They, ha- I mean, they got like 4,000 in week one and two weeks ago they had another massive week so another team i would think is definitely in the top five would have to be baltimore's defense yes baltimore number three with eleven thousand fifty points you know another another defense that has just been good year after year but uh their offense has just been so bad this year that uh you know you wonder if their defense can continue holding off these teams that are just getting a lot more time of possession yeah 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 that's a good point so we got we need two more, right? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say cuz I was I just talked about how good Pittsburgh has been uh every week. Are they top 5? Do they make the cut? Number 4 with 10,950. You were just going in order down the list here, my friend. <laughs> uh <laughs> That is not my intention. Pittsburgh with 10,950. Uh another defense that is just, you know, great year after year. Number 5, I'm going to go ahead and guess New Orleans. Now, I don't know if that's just because I remember them getting 4,000 two weeks ago, uh, but I feel like they've been pretty solid. Are they in the top five? They are not. They are not in the top five. Um, Do you know where they rank? New Orleans ranks eighth for defenses, so they're in the top ten, but not quite top five. Okay. Uh, I'll give this one to you because I, I, well, I guess, you know, you can give, you can give another guess. I would never guess this one, but. You're smarter than me. You know what? I think that just solidified it. Is it Detroit? Yeah, it's Detroit. It's the Lions with 10,750. <laughs> and you know what shocked me even more? Number six, the Chicago Bears. That is shocking. That is very shocking. The Chicago Bears are the sixth highest scoring defense in terms of fantasy points this season. I, I knew I had an inkling about the Lions because I knew like I was just paying attention earlier when they started off really hot and they were the top scoring defense uh, at least a few weeks in. So I knew they would be close. But the Bears, wow, number six for the Bears. That's incredible. 
Yeah, I mean, here I am looking for teams, looking for offensive players to play against the Bears, and now I look like a dunce because apparently they have a good defense. <laughs> um, no, I mean, they, they put up a huge week last week with against Carolina with 3,900, so that's a big yeah. part of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but still, they've had some solid weeks. Um, all right, well, great, great guesses. Um, let's move on to the second half of the matchups, and we'll go through these um, you know, pretty quickly here. Uh, Want to start us off, Tommy? Absolutely. Next matchup on the docket, my friend, is going to be Justin versus Drew. Drew takes down Justin with a whopping score of 9,694 to Justin's 9,522. And it may shock the listeners to hear this, but this was not even that close to the worst matchup this week. With that being said, it was still a pretty terrible matchup. (laughs) Now, terrible in points scored but as far as excitement goes it was actually one of the most exciting of the week drew had a come from behind victory against justin he gets 1800 from brady on sunday night gronk only gets 660 from justin and 160 from tevin coleman and 316 from danny amendola in that sunday night game that was devastating for him and then on to top it all off it still looked like Justin was going to be able to come out with the victory, but then in the second half, Nelson Aguilar gets a touchdown for Drew, and Drew wins by less than 200 points. Yeah. Now, Justin obviously didn't deserve to win with 9,500, but that's still a very, very tough way to lose, and certainly a way that I personally would be very upset about because it was looking very good for him going into the Sunday night game. I mean, like we talked about, Tevin Coleman putting up 160, that's by far his worst week of the year. I don't know what the Falcons are doing on offense. Justin's team crashed back down to earth this week after having two great weeks in a row. You look at his, outside of Dak Prescott, who had a Herculean effort with 2,966, he's been amazing for Justin. And, you know, Justin made the right choice in keeping him And then he gets Justin Tucker is back. That's his third straight good week in a row. Baltimore is doing just enough to to at least get over midfield so that Justin Tucker can attempt some field goals before he just wasn't getting any attempts. (laughs) And he gets a good game for Minnesota's defense, 11.50. Outside of that, it's basically straight trash for Justin's team this week. 180 from Jordan Nelson. The 316 from Danny Amendola, 116 from Tevin Coleman. The 660 from Rob Gronkowski is his second worst week of the year. Benny Fowler puts up 700. That's actually a pretty good effort from Fowler. Uh, Actually, a decent, really decent play by Justin to plug him in for Emmanuel Sanders. Jermaine Kirsch has a decent week with 940. And McKinnon, like you talked about earlier, he suffers uh, because Murray got the touchdown this week. So McKinnon only puts up 720. It's just a week you got to throw out if you're Justin. Bad week, just didn't work out. Things didn't fall in his favor. I mean, am I, am I wrong? Or obviously, there's maybe a little bit of concern in in Jordy Nelson, like you talked about last week. Are you are you concerned for Justin, or just a week that he throws away? Or what do you think? No, I mean, I think I, I agree with your take for the most part. I would say that you know I definitely am still concerned about Jordy Nelson moving forward with Brent Hundley uh, leading the team there. And, you know, Jermaine Curse, I'm not sure about having any Jets wide receiver with reliability moving forward. 
And, you know, McKinnon, maybe Murray is going to be coming to get some of those carries. Who knows? That's a little shaky. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if I were Justin, I'd be worried. Luckily, he does have Lamar Miller on his bench who was on bye, who will be coming back strong. Good point. You know, Emmanuel Sanders will hopefully be back from injury with him in the next couple of weeks, and I think he is a great option when healthy. So, you know, definitely some bright spots. But, yeah, overall, I think uh, Justin might have some worries moving forward. And then on Drew's side of the ball, I mean, you touched on a lot of it, but definitely Tom Brady is always solid for him. Juju Smith-Schuster might be a guy that can be a solid option for Drew moving forward with Martavis Bryant uh, wanting to quit the team and tweeting and Instagramming about how he's better than Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, it seems like Martavis won't be getting receptions anytime soon. So, you know, definitely think that's a bright spot. But he's got the same issue as as Justin, Devontae Adams. You know, who knows what the wide receiving core in Green Bay right. is going to be like. So, um, But Sterling Shepard will hopefully be able to come back from injury and provide some upside for Drew with the rest of the Giants wide receiving core being hospitalized. And, um, you know, we'll see if Jamison Crowder can ever get going. But it's not looking like it. this is the year for him. I think he might be a drop if I were Drew. And then Marvin Jones Jr. actually might be able to come back off the bye and give drew some support because uh you know golden tate's injured and um you know if he stays out that leaves a lot of room open for marvin jones jr absolutely i think that's a great take if golden tate is out i i think you definitely play marvin jones jr although pittsburgh's defense has been actually really good disappointing week for kansas city from drew's team they had four solid weeks in a row not great performances the last two i mean david carr was throwing through that defense like it was Swiss cheese. It was terrible. I think what gets Drew the victory this week is Suckup, Aguilar, and Juju Smith-Schuster. I think those three guys, they all had good weeks, not necessarily like weeks that you expect from them. Like you said, I think it's a, it's a very solid week for, for Juju and not something you would expect from him. Drew's got some holes on his team, that's for sure. A disappointing week from Frank Gore, solid week from Travis Kelsey, Actually gets a solid week from Tariq Cohen, too. Drew finally gets uh, some luck to go his way. He's had a couple unlucky losses, so this week in Markdown is a lucky win for him. He he goes up to 2-5. and five. He's still in 11th, but again, only one game out of the playoffs. Uh, Justin falls to 4-3, and three, but he's still sitting in 5th place, so still looking good for Justin. And uh, that was a big win for Drew this week. He got a lucky one, and so hopefully that can propel his team moving forward. Hopefully he gets a bounce back week next week and can string another another win definitely um should we move on to the next matchup yeah yeah i think that's a good idea let's move on to the next matchup which is lou versus greg greg finally gets another victory beating lou 12,180 to 10,280 greg's it's a good week for greg like we talked about 12,000 points is a good week and it's great that he got the victory he moves up to two and five he's still sitting in 12th place tied record-wise with Drew and Dan. However, he is in last because he has a significant amount of less points scored for his team. Greg's week is deceptively good. He gets 38.50 from Amari Cooper. 38.50. Amari Cooper gets 19 targets, catches 11 of them, goes for 210 yards and two touchdowns. They went into that Thursday night game, and they said, I mean, literally... The offensive game plan must have been, we are going to get Amari Cooper the ball 
if it's the last thing we do. We're just going to throw to him again and again and again and again until it works. And it worked. And, and it, worked it worked tremendously. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, they just force-fed him the ball, and that's mm-hmm. how you get to 210 receiving yards. Um, he had 11 receptions, and he still dropped the ball a handful of times. So, he I did. Mean, he, he did still he have was still being Amari. It's not like he was suddenly amazing. Uh, he just They just kept giving it to him. Uh, Martavis Bryant, with only 100 points, he just had... Uh, you know one reception not only should he not be starting on greg's team he should not be owned uh the only reason martavis bryant is still on greg's team is the name value he's done absolutely nothing this season to to show us that he is right. going to be here to stay he had yeah in week two he had a touchdown um but you know outside of that he's just not a viable option moving forward luckily for greg ted ginn jr has sort of turned on the jets as an option in these last couple of weeks um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll see if he's able to keep that consistent. New Orleans offense has looked good, but you, you've all, you're always competing for receptions there. But he's been getting the targets, so hopefully that continues. Jordan Howard uh, and Duke Johnson are both relatively solid options. Um, Duke Johnson's been so solid in the passing game, as we talked about, and Jordan Howard has gotten his rollback from Tariq Cohen. Just a matter of both those guys being on really bad offensive teams. Uh, Correct. And and then Delaney Walker, uh, Greg's tight end, went down with an injury this week, and it didn't look great. So I wouldn't be surprised if Delaney Walker ends up missing some time, unless you've heard different news on that. He was diagnosed with a bone bruise, which actually is probably better than what you thought it was going to be. And they're saying it's really more of just a pain tolerance issue with a bone bruise. So with, an, with a week eight bye, I think they're hoping that he just can come back after that bye. Well, that's good news. Good for Delaney Walker. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, the the only thing I'll say about Greg's team, since you, you touched on a lot of his players, is Amari Cooper, I think, momentarily has saved Greg's season. If he had if he had dropped to 1-6 with the least amount of points scored, you're talking about how he doesn't have a tiebreaker over anyone. So with a 1-6 record, it's going to be really tough. Obviously, it's still tough at 2-5, and five, but you have a much better chance than you do if you were 1-6. I don't, I still, there's still holes in Greg's team. Like like we mentioned, if you don't get the 38-50 from Amari Cooper, it's another bad week for Greg's team. I mean, Matt Ryan has yet to reach 1,800 points on the year. That's crazy. If That's absolutely insane. I mean, this offensive coordinator must just be atrocious. He must be the, like, the worst offensive coordinator in the history of the world. Yeah, the how do you, oh the my gosh. The, between the last year and this year. year. It's it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make, any, make sense. any sense. It doesn't make any sense. They didn't lose anyone. They didn't lose a single important positional player. Everyone is back, and it's just been awful. They've got to get it figured out. There's it's too so much frustrating talent. to watch. There's there is that is the understatement of the year. There's so much talent on that offense. They've got two great running backs. They've got the best wide receiver in the league, and then Mo, Mohamed Sanu has turned into a pretty good wide receiver, and. Yeah. Austin Hooper is actually decent. Like, they just... It makes no I, sense that their offense isn't good. Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched enough f- film on their team to know exactly what is going wrong. But, I mean, everyone... Now, maybe New England is starting to turn it around defensively, but everyone has been torching New England. And the Falcons, who were, by and large, the best offense last year, 
get shut out for three quarters yeah. against the so far the worst defense in the league. I mean, something is wrong. Something Not a good is very look. wrong. Not a good look, Steve. Uh, yeah, Dan Quinn might need to call Steve into his office and ask him a few questions about what the <laughs> H-E double hockey sticks he's doing with his team. Um, anyways, moving over to dad's side of the ball, Alex Smith with another great performance, three passing touchdowns, 342 yards, 2,500 points. He's definitely in the conversation for MVP candidate this year. Mike Evans and Jarvis Landry putting up 1,800 and 1,900 respectively. Like I mentioned in the let's guess section, those are both guys who have been top five in the league in the last four weeks. So great options for dad moving forward. But that's the same song and dance we've been singing all year. Oh my God, look at Dad's running backs. I mean, what is he going to do at the running back position? Tell me something, Tommy. Give give him, I mean, he's sitting with Christian McCaffrey and Alex Collins combining for 1,100 points this week, uh, you know, and, and he doesn't have anything on his bench really alfred morris with only 290 as zeke's backup and theoretic coming off a bye what what are your what are your thoughts here uh you you pray to god that <laughs> zeke gets suspended so that you maybe have something in alfred morris i mean that's really his best bet right now honestly would be actually pretty nice for dad to have isaiah crowell right now i'm gonna be completely honest <laughs> i gave him isaiah crowell so that he could use him, and he dropped him. And now Isaiah Crowell still hasn't been great. We will touch on him when we move into the next matchup. But Isaiah Crowell has been, is better than 300 points. Maybe he's not much better than Alex Collins, but I don't know. It, I would have held on to Isaiah Crowell if I was dad, especially like we've been talking about. He's just got no one trustworthy at the running back position i mean chris mccaffrey i guess is trustworthy his his floor seems to be right around 800 points so but that's obviously not what you're looking for from your rb1 i i don't know i don't know what's going to happen he's going to need something honestly his best bet might be like obviously you don't want to see anyone get injured but really that that might be his only opportunity to have a running back moving forward like you know an injury to amir abdul obviously makes theoretics value skyrocket yeah. Or an injury to Javorius Allen makes Alex Collins' value skyrocket. Sure. So outside of that, yeah, I don't know. Because right now, it's slim at the running back position. Barring an injury, I don't know who I don't know who there is that he can pick up off waivers that would be a serviceable, you know, guy you can trust every week. So I, I tried to give him some more options with the trade that we did, but he just dropped Crowell. I mean, I, I don't blame him for not wanting to start him, but I think Crowell's a guy you hang on to, especially when you're so weak at the running back position. I mean, you know my perspective on having two defenses on your team, so uh, definitely think Dad could be utilizing his bench a little better. Uh, should we move on to the next matchup? Yeah. Real quick on Dad's team, you touched on Alex Smith. He now has 15 touchdowns and zero interceptions on the year, and he is the highest-scoring quarterback through seven weeks. Stellar stellar but yeah you know dad dad has a a disappointing week but honestly if he gets normal production from Demarius Thomas and AJ Green we're looking at a fine week from dad so yeah like you said the only hole Severian Jenkins has been great for him at tight end so really the only hole right now for dad is his uh, running backs so 
if he can get that worked out. He sits at four and three. He's got he's in sixth place, so he's he's still doing okay. So yeah, let's move on to the last matchup that we'll talk about this week. And honestly, Jack, this I talked about yours and Scott's matchup being the, the matchup of the year. This is honestly the matchup of the year. We won't we probably won't ever see anything like this again. We'll never uh, see him to match up like this for as long as we live. Louis versus Brian. Louis gets the victory with 8,254 points to Brian's 7,514 points. That is, I'm sure you didn't need me to tell you this, but that is the, the lowest score for a winning team this year. Yeah, you don't by, say. By a good amount. Actually, the second lowest happened this week, which was Drew with 9,694. Uh, before that, the lowest was right around 9,800, which happened three times, actually. Me, Anna, and Kyle. Coincidentally, I believe they were all victories against Greg, which is not a great look for Greg. So, yeah, it, this <laughs> not much to say about this matchup other than it was abysmal. Yeah, I mean, I was just about to say, I was just about to cut in and say, let me, you know, let me do a rundown of Brian's team here, but uh, I don't want to. Um, Brian's team just does not have the firepower anymore. We talked about it last week. You lose a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who can consistently get you two thousand plus. You lose a guy like Cook, who was looking just so good. Those are two of his top three picks in the draft. So. It's just it's just going to be tough sledding moving forward. I look at Brian's team, and I don't see anyone that you can count on to get a massive week outside of Des Bryant. Now, Cam Newton can also provide those. I don't know if Cam Newton will be his quarterback moving forward. A tremendously disappointing week from Cam Newton. He turns the ball over three times. It should have been a lot worse, but he actually ended up with 50 rushing yards, so he almost ends up with 1,000 uh, at 944. Really, the only good weeks were from Des Bryant and Goskowski. Des Bryant's going to be solid, and Goskowski's going to be solid moving forward. But there's just so much uncertainty in his lineup. He's still starting Gillisley, which maybe he won't, but I don't know who he would plug in for him. Crowell has actually been decent, uh, like I mentioned. So he's got 9-10 this week and 8-30 last week in the two weeks that Bryant has played him, which honestly is serviceable for running back too. Dad could really use that kind of point total from one of his running backs. He hasn't been able to find anyone at the tight end position. Kai Rudolph kind of a bit of a disappointing performance with 680. Darkwa gets 630. Williams, Terrence Williams, that is on Dallas. He puts up a goose egg. Funches has a down week because Newton had a down week. He puts up 7,500 this week, which actually is much better than what he put up last week, which was like 6,600. So, Obviously, this isn't going to be what Brian scores moving forward, but I just don't know where the scoring is going to come from for him to get like 12,000 point weeks like he was before the injuries happened. I mean, do you agree, disagree? No, I mean, I I was just about to say I I don't want to sound too harsh, but I don't I don't really see proof for why these this won't be Brian's points moving forward. Um I know that's harsh cuz he 6,000 to 7,000 are absolutely awful weeks, but unless he makes major changes, what you just said is is right on. Where are the points going to come from? Cam Newton and Carson Palmer, you know, Carson Palmer going down with the injury, but Cam Newton just being bad at football now, he's going to have to look for a reliable QB in, in free agency. 
Des Bryant is his only stud on his team. Oh, you, you know what? Let's. Sorry, uh, apologies to Brian if you're listening to this. He's got Hopkins on his bench, so that is a guy that can be explosive. Funchess, you know, he's sort of a question mark. He's a guy I've been, you know, sort of high on this season just with uh, Greg Olson going out and him getting some more targets. He's still getting the targets, but Cam Newton just is not throwing accurately enough to have a consistent wide receiver on his team. Running back is where Brian's really struggling the most. I think you're absolutely right there. Um, But obviously Hopkins coming back from a bye you know, the duo of Hopkins and and Bryant is huge for Brian. That's his bright spot. Hopefully he can ride that to some more victories. Looking at Louis' side of the ball, mm-hmm. another great performance from Russell Wilson, who's really turning into a relatively consistent quarterback option for Louis. Yeah, so Russell Wilson and Jimmy Graham is what gets Louis the victory this week. 2,600 for Wilson, 1,260 for Graham. They account for almost 4,000 of Louis's 8,200 points. Now, Louis would have had a bad week regardless of what happened, but his week ends up being much worse than it could, maybe should have been because Marshawn Lynch gets ejected from that game with only 90 points, and that happened very early on. And then Dan Bailey only puts up 200 because he got injured. He, I don't know what it was, obviously something with his leg they expect him to miss several weeks so I mean Dembele would have gotten I mean Dallas put up 40 points so Dembele would have gotten at least seven extra points not seven sorry six I think six or five because they went for two out at one point they went for a two-point conversion because Bailey was out so Bailey and Lynch both leaving their games early you know if you could have gotten even another thousand between the two of them, already Louis at over nine thousand. Derrick Henry had a really bad week at three forty. The Titans just played down to Cleveland, is what I think it was. I'm not. I'm not sure what it make what to make of that from the Titans, but they didn't do anything offensively. That was just a really, really, really awful football game to watch. It was. It was. Baltimore's a disappointing performance from Louis. So, like I said, he would have had a bad week no matter what, but it was made worse by the fact that he lost two of his players very early on in the game. He also gets a good week from Antonio Brown again, and like we mentioned with Sanu, Sanu puts up 950. That's very serviceable for your wide receiver three. Adrian Peterson comes crashing down to earth with 380 after his, like, 2,500-point week yeah, last I week. Yeah, I mean, what, do you, what are your thoughts there? That's That's got to well, be a tough situation moving forward for Louis. It is... Because Drew Stanton is the quarterback now. And so it's going to be I probably this situation where maybe defenses start loading up that box and it might be difficult for Adrian Peterson to produce moving forward. I don't want to jump the gun. They got down very early. He didn't get a lot of rushes. I mean, two weeks ago, Adrian Peterson got 26 rushes. Last week, he only got 11. You would hope that Stanton can be decent and that way Adrian Peterson can still produce but yeah it, it's it's definitely a, a tough pill to swallow and you know that that team just feel bad for the Cardinals losing their two maybe most important offensive players in Palmer and David Johnson so sucks for them another disappointing week from Alshon Jeffrey I think we can officially say that Alshon Jeffrey has been a disappointment this year through seven weeks 
He's got two weeks over a thousand, and that's it. That's not really what you're looking for from Alshon Jeffrey. Supposed to be the Eagles wide receiver one. I, I definitely agree with you. I will say he is still getting targets. Um, so definitely not, you know, I know wouldn't you're not advising this, obviously, but you know, not someone you should be dropping or even, you know, obviously considering benching, but I think Alshon Jeffrey could still be a, a startable wide receiver moving forward. And yeah, I would definitely not. That's not, not what I was insinuating at all. Yeah. I think he is someone that Louis will would and should continue to play uh, week in and week out. Just so far, the production hasn't been there. It gets to the point, you know, you know, if he's, if he's putting up, you know, he's got two weeks now where he's put up 400 something, 700 something. It's, you know, when you start playing again, playing teams like Denver, shutdown secondaries like Seattle later in the season, you know, is Alshon Jeffrey, Jeffrey a guy that you start looking at matchups if you want to bench him or you're still confident every single week to plug him in? Yeah, I mean, with the way Carson Wentz is playing, I think you fire up all three of Ertz, Jeffrey, and Aguilar every week with the way with how much and how confident with how much Carson Wentz is throwing and how confident he looks it, for me if I had any of those players obviously certainly with Zach Ertz obviously that's not even a question but with Aguilar and Jeffrey I, I would find it very difficult to sit those guys with how well Philadelphia is moving the ball offensively sure well awesome uh that does it for me for that matchup if that does it for you um yeah so two two really bad weeks hopefully Brian can find something. He's got his guys have to step up, and Louis is now three and four with two straight victories. He's at ninth place, uh, tied with me at three and four. But uh, I have him with the tiebreaker and points scored, so it's looking good for Louis. It was a, a rough start, but he's pulled some stuff together, and he's right there. He's right in the mix. So, yeah, that's that's it for the matchups this week. One last thing um, before we close out the show. Jack, why don't you take it away? Yeah, so uh, we've been getting tons and tons and tons of emails from you guys pouring in. (laughs) We really appreciate it. Um, We try our best to really get through all of them and respond to as many as we can. But even if we can't, we want you to know that it really means a lot that you guys are taking the time to write in. One uh, fan email we did want to address this week is from uh, a man by the name of Mr. Dombrowski. And... Uh, We just wanted to read a little excerpt from it. He says, uh, you know, Dear Sirs, I'm writing to commend you both on the wildly successful and informative podcast I stumbled upon recently. Dot, dot, dot. Your insight, foresight, and hindsight into the underbelly of the fantasy football world has left me blinded. It's paralysis by analysis. I mean, Tommy, I don't want to speak for you, but those words blew me away. Um, I think that's what you and I are really going for every week we're trying to come up here and we're trying to paralyze you guys with the end with the analysis that we provide we're trying to hit you with stats with numbers with data with takes hot with the pythagorean cold, theorem with the pythagorean theorem and to know that the information that we're providing is you know sort of rocking your guys world out there it's it's huge it's huge for us so I really appreciate it, and um, you know, Tommy, I, I know you also read the email. What do you think about Mr. Dombrowski's words? Uh, it came from the email Daniel Tierney, um, but you know, he he signed it, Mr. Dombrowski. <laughs> um, yeah, I Dan or sorry, Mr. Dombrowski, uh, really appreciate you emailing in, and and the kind words really mean a lot to us. 
And yeah, just, just keep those thoughts coming. We, we like to hear feedback. So um, like Jack mentioned, we've had just loads of email, but this is the only one that we're going to talk about for some reason. Um, but yeah, thanks, thanks for emailing in, Mr. Dombrowski. We appreciate it. Hope to hear from you soon. And uh, thanks for listening. And uh, thanks, for, thanks for the good feedback. Appreciate it. Yeah, and just to answer Mr. Dombrowski's main question of the email, um, he did want to know whether or not our a podcast was FDA approved because he said he's addicted. Um, so <laughs> I do have to unfortunately let him know that we are not FDA approved and the FCC um, is not aware of this podcast either. So if you are feeling addicted and the weekly interval between podcasts is leaving... Uh, <laughs> is leaving you prostrate and perspiring, <laughs> um, as Mr. Dombrowski put it best, uh, you know, definitely get that checked out because we are not FDA approved. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, that about does it. Not about does it. That completely does it for us tonight. Uh, ran through the matchups, did some let's guesses, and read some fan emails. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Let's Talk Fantasy Football with TJ Lett and J.R. Lett. We... Cannot wait to see you back again next week, and uh, keep listening, everybody. Don't stay too far away, though. Let's talk fantasy football. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.